Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaSports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The horses are at the gate. Welcome to Winning Ponies. With a weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Engelhart, racing's regular guy. Good evening, everyone, and I think we're going to have one. We've got uh, two outstanding guests. Uh, of course, award-winning writer uh, Bill Finley, uh, who uh, emanates uh, out of New York, but he's found everywhere, including the Delaware Fairgrounds last week, uh, will be our first guest. And then after that, if you play in any handicapping tournaments, here's a guy that uh, that you've seen out in Vegas almost every year, and his name is Rich Nielsen. We have such a big weekend of racing. It was very, very challenging in uh, picking the races that we're going to kind of dissect on winningponies.com this week uh, from coast to coast. Uh, just some uh, outstanding horse racing. It should be very, very interesting. People will be twitching their necks all over the place. Uh, Winning Ponies brought to you uh, from the press box at River Downs that is rocking right now. We just got hit with a huge storm here, and I feel sorry for the people in the parking lot. We have several hundred that are getting ready to go to a Toby Keith concert next door, and from out of nowhere, this this thunderstorm came. So all I know is right now out in the parking lot, we're having the world's biggest wet t-shirt contest well to uh to head up this huge weekend and not to be outdone is of course uh, our our friends across the pond uh it's uh, basically a uh, world championship race meeting that's headed up by the quatar prix de l'arc de triomphe this weekend uh uh, the world of thoroughbred racing will be clearly focused on longchamp in paris france this weekend uh where the quatar prix the La Arc de Triomphe meeting will take place. Uh, there's going to be nine Group 1 races. Uh, this year, it's a little bit different. There's going to be seven thoroughbred and two Arab purebred races. Uh, there's also going to be three Group 2 contests. Uh, without a doubt, uh, Europe's uh, finest thoroughbreds that will just draw an amazing uh, international cast from everywhere, including Japan and Australia. Uh, they think it might be the biggest weekend of Europe all year. Of course, uh, the, the highlight is on Sunday with the uh, ARC. Uh, it'll be run over the classic distance there at uh, 2,400 meters. Um, this year, a very good grouping of horses, of course, uh, across all ages. Um, the four-year-old classic winning filly, Serafina, was impressive in winning the Grand Prix St. Cloud, which is a grade one prep for this. Uh, so she's leading up to this race looking awful good. Um, she'll be attempting to give her owner, the H.H. Aga Khan, his fifth win in the classic and trainer, Alain Royer Dupree, his third victory. So that's the big news that's happening across the pond. Keep an eye out. Not every track in the country will be carrying it, but a lot of tracks are having an early post where you can catch the arc. Uh, over here, 
it's uh, you know we you know had last season a potential matchup and two of the finest Phillies that have raced in recent time, Rachel Alexander and Zenyatta. It looked like it looked like that was coming back together with uh, Harv DeGrasse and Blind Luck. Uh, if uh, they really raised a lot of eyebrows uh, following their epic battle in the Delaware Handicap this year. It was unbelievable. It was those two, and then it was 18 and a half lengths, I believe, back to life at 10. Um, and everybody started watching these two and hoping that they would, uh, you know, really at the end of the season uh, find each other on the same oval. Doesn't look like that's going to happen. Um, Blind Luck uh, decided to uh, stay on the West Coast, uh, and I can't blame uh, Trainer Jerry Hollendorfer, uh, and uh, she'll be in Saturday's Grade One Late Ladies Secret, uh, while uh, Harv DeGrasse will uh, be at Belmont uh, for the Bell Dame Stakes. Both of those horses look like standouts uh, in the stakes that that they're in, um, but they're going to go in separate directions probably after that. Uh, if both come out of those races in in good order, it looks like uh, Harv DeGrasse is attempting to beat the boys again in the Breeders' Cup. Uh, should that happen, would probably lock up Horse of the Year honors for her. And uh, Blind Luck, she's going to try the Ladies' Classic. And uh, one of the reasons Blind Luck's heading to the Ladies' Classic, uh, rather than beat her up trying to go against the boys and across Arve de Grasse, is that uh, Hollendorfer and his owners plan on keeping her in training uh, for next year, which I think is absolutely great news uh, for the sport. You know, she's, she's kind of the little engine that could. She uh, was a buyback for 10000 is a two-year-old and uh, $11,000 yearling and uh, has just done amazing things for the game. And those two, it's, it's a shame that it looks like they won't meet again because they've met six times. And other than the uh, Azari, that was a three-and-a-half length uh, win in which uh, Harvard DeGrasse dominated blind luck, those two have been separated by a nose, a nose, a neck, a neck, and one length. Uh, just a, a great, a great matchup. Uh, on the human side of things, uh, there's going to be a national fundraiser for the seriously injured quarter horse jockey Jackie Martin across the country on October 8th, according to the Jockeys Guild. Uh, you may recall, if you're a quarter horse fan, that this guy's just a sensational rider. Uh, he was named quarter horse jockey of the year in 2010. Uh, he's won the All American Futurity seven times and of course as a member of the Rio Doso Hall of Fame uh the the uh, the Hubbards are really coming uh, to the table here RD and Joan Hubbard have seeded the fund with $100,000 uh, of course uh, tax deductible donations for the Jackie Martin fund can be made by sending a check out to the Rio Doso Downs Racetrack Chaplaincy uh that's PO box 449 Rio Doso Downs New Mexico 88346 well, in the Jockey Club Gold Cup, that's going to be one of the marquee races in New York this week. Uh, it looks like uh, we lost uh, Tisway, got set back on his, on his training, uh, missed a workout due to his temperature. Uh, Tisway, another one that's in the mix uh, for Horse of the Year. Um, it looks like they're going to keep him on a uh, work schedule leading up uh, to uh, the Breeders' Cup. Uh, a lot of people would uh, consider him the top older male with victories in the Metropolitan and Whitney handicaps. I, I got to witness a, a great event uh, o- over the weekend, the Kentucky Cup over at Turfway Park, and, and a guy that for years has trained claiming horses uh, in, in northern Kentucky and uh, here at River, River Downs uh, put the kibosh on the big guys. Uh, unbelievable uh, that... Uh, it was able to to see this. Um, D. H. Skaggs, Dotson Skaggs is his name. Uh, he saddled future prospect in the two hundred thousand dollar Kentucky Cup. Uh, 
the first graded stakes winner of his career. D.H. is 76 years old. Now, the runner-up in that race was General Quarters, who's owned and trained by Tom McCarthy, who's 77 years old. Uh, just a, an outrageous uh, job that both these guys are owner-trainers uh, well into their 70s and that they would uh, have such top-quality prospects, both of them coming back after injuries. Uh, uh, the... Uh, Future prospect uh, injured a suspensatory ligament when Mike Maker, who had him, of course, Mike had an amazing day Kentucky Cup with uh, five wins, setting a record. Uh, but he set him out in the uh, 2009 Empire Classic, came back, looked like he wasn't going to race again. He spent almost 17 months on the sidelines, and D.H. Skaggs, an old horseman, I don't know what kind of magic mud he's got, uh, but he brought, him, uh, he brought him back. He was over at Turfway, only had two horses, and somebody claimed his other horse off him. But uh, still, he got the job done with a future prospect. And uh, future prospect ridden by Edgar Prado. Who would have thought all, the Hall of Fame rider would someday be riding for D.H. Skaggs? But my, my hat's off to him. It was a very, very touching uh, uh, moment in, in the winner's circle. Um, and uh, our, our horse story of the year, one of the many ones, Rapid Redo. I hope you can get out to a simulcasting center near you on Friday night. Uh, they found a race for him at Mountaineer Park. Uh, it'll go off Eastern Time, 9.55 on Friday. Uh, he's going to be ridden by Deshaun Parker. Uh, some of you may recall uh, we had uh, Deshaun's dad on winningponies.com uh, just three weeks ago. It's race number eight at Mountaineer Park. And, and again, he is going to be going for 18 straight. 19 is the record. Uh, last week, we were lucky enough to have uh, Mike Watchmaker with us to handicap, uh, handicap the card. And uh, like I said, he only needed one big winner, and it looks like he got out. Um, in, at, at Belmont Park in the uh, Gallant Bloom, uh, Pomeroy's Pistol stamped herself as another talented three-year-old filly. Uh, she took on her elders. Uh, she's no longer a bridesmaid in the grade ones. And uh, she took the lead tournament for home and pulled away. Tamarind Hall was second. Lovely Lil was Third. Uh, moving on, we went to uh, Delaware Park to the Kent. That really, you got to just throw our handicapping out because we were hoping this race would go, go on the turf, and uh, there were the torrential downpours, and the field of 13 was reduced to six. Nonetheless, it was the grade three with a quarter million uh, on the line, and uh, kind of adding to the muddy glitter of the race. Uh, was trainer Tony Pecorero. He earned his 1,000th victory in the Kent. Uh, he trains I'm Stepping Up, who pretty much went from flag fall to that's all, as they say. So congratulations to Tony Pecorero. Great way to, to, uh, to get your 1,000th uh, victory. A nice ride by Jeremy Rose. He decided to steal it and never look back. Uh, King Kongi uh, rallied from last uh, under Joe Rocco to get second. Uh, Moving on from there, that race that had a lot of scratches, uh, we went to uh, the Pennsylvania Derby. It wasn't a big field, but there were some classy horses in there. Uh, this is the race that J.W. Blue did decide to go to when I guess he figured out that that grassy race that Kent wasn't going to happen. And uh, in here, it was Hall of Famer Bill Mott uh, to honor and serve uh, stamping himself back again in the three-year-old uh, division as one of the best. He was uh, believed to be one early, earlier in the season. Uh, you know, um, last year he won the Remsen and the Nashua. Uh, he, uh, Mott prepped him for this race in an optional claimer. Looks like he did it right. Uh, he made a sweeping move past uh, Rush Now and uh, just dominated one by two and a quarter lengths. 
Uh, and he actually was, went off the favorite, the 8-5 to five, uh, favorite in there. And it looks like you're going to see this horse in the Breeders' Cup Classic. That again, the Pennsylvania Derby. Uh, then from there, went up to the Ontario Derby. We talked about the day that Mike Maker had, uh, setting the record at Turfway with five wins. Well, to uh, top that off, he went up and won the Ontario Derby with a Derby kit. And I thought it was interesting. Mike Smith came in to ride this horse, and uh, he grabbed uh, the uh, win from Hippolytus. And for those of you that were listening to Mike Baker and I, uh, we teamed up for a $47 exacta. In, in that race, so I uh, felt pretty good about that. Uh, but uh, once again, it was a derby kitten uh, getting the job done. Uh, the horse that Mike picked, uh, just a, a very, uh, very nice $9 winner. And uh, it, uh, it's going to be very interesting end of the season. Another three-year-old colt showing the improve um, coming into the, the, the end of the season. Of course, uh, the uh, Breeders' Cup has set their tentative uh, race schedule and w- a wagering menu. Um, it's going to uh, be both a Friday and Saturday, November 4th and 5th. So for those of you that wanted a good seat, uh, it, uh, wherever you are, make sure you don't, you don't wait too much longer. Uh, of course, the, the Friday card, it's uh, you know, largely uh, female-focused. Uh, there will be 10 races on the, on the Friday card. Uh, which will begin uh, at 2 o'clock. And then on Saturday, there's going to be 12 races, and you're going to have to get out to the track a little bit early. Uh, That's going to start at 12.05. Well, that pretty much wraps up uh, the news of the nation and a look at the races that we capped last week. Uh, Looking forward very much to my next guest, Bill Finley, will be with us. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back with you on winningponies.com. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Football and so much more is the focus of Planet Gridiron with Damian Anderson. Join the former Arizona Cardinals running back for a show that mixes, well, a little bit of everything. Damian brings to the program life experiences playing football and will talk about his variety of successes both on and off the field. The goal is to provide you with a fun perspective on life, family, success, and of course, football. Tune in to Planet Gridiron with Damian Anderson, Fridays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Listen to Sports Talk at the Positive Pub every Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Gil Tyree talks to sports newsmakers, playmakers, and story breakers. You, the hardcore, interactive, and novice fan, can join the show via your phone calls and emails. Sample what's good, right, and positive about the world of sports every week. 
Begin your week in a positive way with sports talk from the Positive Pub. Be here every Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, thanks everybody for tuning in, and uh, we've got a treat for you right now. Uh, Bill Finley, uh, he has his own radio show. Uh, he writes for ESPN.com. Uh, tip of his uh, hat to him. At, uh, he won the uh, Media Eclipse Award in uh, 2010. Uh, he's a veteran freelance writer of the several of the New York metropolitan newspapers, and uh, if you Go to the uh, dictionary and w- look up the word intellect. Uh, you'll you'll see uh, that it's uh, understanding, reason, thinking, principle, rationality, uh, consciousness, observation, and right next to all of those words is a picture of Bill Finley. Bill, welcome to WinningPonies.com. Well, you'll also find my picture next to uh, the word degenerate gambler, too. So, no, I'm just kidding. So, uh, but thank you for that great introduction, John. Well, I, I, I'm going to get to that when, 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 when I get to one of your recent stories, Saving Racing, One Ostrich at a Time. But uh, I thought it was great. I, I uh, was floating around the Internet, and I saw you mention uh, the Little Brown Jug at the Delaware County Fair, uh, a place that, that, that I've been, and I tried to explain to people uh, what it's like. Uh, I know that uh, to a certain extent you've, you've kind of gone to the other side and you are actually uh, handicapping and, and, and playing the, uh, the standard bred breed now, and you did make it to the Delaware County Fair. Can you kind of paint a picture for us of what it was like this uh, last week? Yeah, you know, even for people who are not harness racing fans, and, and you're right, I'm somewhat of a convert, not from the, from the betting standpoint of it. I, I wouldn't dare bet on a harness race because I don't know the first thing about handicapping it, um, but I'm doing much more writing on it than I used to. And, you know, even if you're a thoroughbred fan or even if you're not a racing fan, you couldn't help but really enjoy the little brown jug. It is without a doubt the most unique racing event in America. Now, that doesn't mean it's the best or the most important, but it's definitely the most unique because it it takes place on a Thursday afternoon at a little county fair in Ohio, about 15 miles outside of Columbus in Delaware County. And it is really the most prestigious race in in harness racing. It's got all this rich history and all the great horses show up for it. So you you have the... the, um, odd mix of a little fair and ferris wheels and eating corn dogs with a huge crowd they say it's 50,000 that's wildly exaggerated it's probably a neighborhood of about 30,000 they just make up the number every year uh, and 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 this great quality of racing and you know imagine if the Kentucky Derby were not run at Churchill Downs but were run at the uh, Podunk County Fair <laughs> exactly and, that's exactly what you get here with this, and I love that kind of stuff. It, it's so special. It's so unique. 
you know, it's the type of thing where the, the, they actually, in the town of Delaware, Ohio, which is a small little town, but not that small, I think it's about 30,000 people, they actually closed the schools that day so that all the kids can go and everything. And, you know, the whole town shuts down. And, you know, there's a lot of drinking and partying like there is at the Derby. But, you know, that that's part of it, too. And, and people sit in, out and there, uh, a lot of people come in campers and, 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 and whatnot and uh, RVs and, and just have a great time. And, and, you know, that's one of the things that's kind of missing from racing. To me, it's just the fun that, that uh, the game's not as fun as it used to be. And, and, and this is an event that is just loads of fun. I mean, it's fantastic. I was there several several years ago, and I was taking photos, and there was a bunch of guys up against the rail. And I do believe what they do is on January 1st, they open up the track, and you can go there and actually chain your chairs to the rail. So you have yeah, your reserve Absolutely. That still happens. For the year. You know, so there were two will guys were sitting there and holding chair and padlock it, and then that saves their spot so that they don't have to get there at seven thirty in the morning. You know, maybe they want to show up at about one o'clock, and and they have their spot. So yes, um, it's amazing. People do do that. Well, the, the two guys were there, and then in between them was a, was a box, and uh, I noticed nobody sat there all day, so I had to go up, and and, and I said, uh, you know, I said, excuse me, guys, I got to ask you, what's with the box? And they said. Oh, that's that's Eddie Joe McSchmidtney. Uh, he hasn't missed a, a, a jug for thirty years. They bring the guy's ashes to the race every year. <laughs> now that's a new one. I didn't know that. True story. Mm-hmm. True story. It, it was it was just fantastic. Well, um, you kind of you, you kind of spun me into something that uh, uh, I, I wanted to ask you about because uh, you and I were maybe about ten years apart in age, but we're we're really not apart. Uh, from each other in, in, in the appreciation of, of the sport. Um, I, I want to sh- share something with our listeners on something you wrote uh, September 26th on saving racing one ostrich at a time. And, and, and the part that, that really hit, hit home with me was, uh, this is, these are Bill's words, uh, the soul and heart of horse racing was the racetrack. Once upon a time, it was a great place to be. There were crowds, energy, excitement. The stands were full of colorful characters, rumpled guys in bad sports jackets who called a losing jockey on a three-to-five shot a bum, a thief, and a poor excuse for a human being, and even a really short one. I mean, I remember going to the track as a young guy. I started out up at Saratoga, and just the you know the Runyon-esque people that you would run into at the track and and it really was fun and they didn't necessarily have to have minor league things going on it was just fun to be there around the track enjoying each other's company and you know the competition of handicapping with your pals or your family exactly and then people wonder well what's this got to do with ostriches and uh, just kind of I hope hopefully in a way that I thought was clever to to say that there are that that there are, you know, this is trend is one of the gimmicky things that they have at the racetracks now. Uh, that weekend, Lone Star Park had ostrich races where they put actually put the jockeys on top of the uh, ostriches. And back to the harness racing world, um, uh, they plucked a guy out of of all things was running a, a fair in Nebraska, in Lincoln, Nebraska. Um, which you know would make him you wouldn't think you know at all a candidate to come to the New York City area and run the the biggest harness track in the country. But they were very impressed by the fact that he had really improved on track business there. And part of the way he did it was with ostrich races. So I said this is, and, and the reason I said this, look, you know, ostrich races are kind of corny and everything. But I said, look, at least these guys are trying to make the on track experience fun again. And, you know, it, it was partially like talking to the, this fellow by the name of Mike Newland, who's been hired to run the Meadowlands, that I kind of came up with this idea. And, and he was talking about this and saying, like, you know, what's going on at the racetrack itself? And, 
and how it's just such a dismal experience. And, you know, look, not every, I'm not talking about every track every day, but, you know, you have Keeneland, you have um, the big days like you know, the Breeders' Cup and things like this, Saratoga, those things are wonderful. But by and large, the, the, the normal day at the racetrack now, uh, 99% of the places on 99% of the days is really a bad experience. It, it's the place is going to be empty, um, no life, no energy. You know, all these facilities were, were built for a totally different era. Uh, you know, it, it, it's just sort of a sad, lonely place with no energy. And, you know, that's what I, we've really lost in horse racing. And, you know, look, I, I hardly ever go to the racetrack anymore unless I have to. And, you know, I used to love to go to the track. You know, when I was a kid, you know, growing up in the Philadelphia area, we would go to Garden State and Atlantic City and racetrack and those kind of places. And it just dawned on me that, you know, that this is probably more of a problem than anybody's let on because not only is it has it created a situation where people don't want to go to the track now now granted okay the main reason people go to the track anymore is because they can bet at simulcasting or on the computer or whatnot but not only that it has we have we taken away the soul of racing but how are we going to get new fans because this is how everybody got interested in racing by going to the racetrack and loving it and now, you know, if, if you were to take somebody to the racetrack, they would never fall for the sport. Or and especially if you were to take them to an OTB or something, this is, this is crazy. This is horrible. Like, you know, I was talking to a fellow f- several years ago, uh, the Carl Schmidt, who used to be the uh, publicity director of, of um, uh, Churchill Downs. And we were at, at Pimlico during Preakness Week, and it was like the first day of the Wednesday. And he's saying, you know, oh, we got to get people back to the track. You know, now, Pimlico is, is the worst place on earth. It, it is a horrible, <laughs> decrepit, miserable place. I says, Carl, if you brought five friends to Pimlico today, now this is, grand, this isn't Preakness Day. I said, not only would they not become racing fans, they wouldn't stay for the second race. They would go for the first race and say, Carl, what have you done? This is the most awful place on earth. I'm leaving. And, you know, how, how I don't necessarily have the solutions to this. It's certainly not ostrich races. I sort of wrote that tongue-in-cheek. But, you know, we got to fix this because, you know, without lo- wonderful live horse racing, you know, that's still one more terrible thing for the sport that, I, that we need to figure out a way how to, to make, make this work again. Well, I'd like to say that uh, we're putting our best foot forward here in, in Cincinnati. Uh, as you may or may not know, we're under new management, and uh, it's pretty amazing. I, for the first time and I don't know how long, Bill, I got to write my final press release saying River Downs up for the end of the year. Well, and good, the good figure should have been a lot bigger. During the last two months, we were up over 40% compared to the last year. But we lost 12 days of racing at the biggest at the end of the year. So by the time I did, you know, when you had to add that into the math, uh, we ended up only being 4%. But when you look at tracks across the country, uh, we were up. And people say, why? And I say, well, you know, it's a combination of advertising, social networking, and treating people right. New management has really uh, drilled into uh, the, the staff here that, that we're a team, and, man, they treat them good. You get 30% off of the concessions. You never pay uh, for any kind of, uh, you know, uh, soft drink or anything like that. It's free for all the employees. And so it's kind of like courtesy is contagious. 
and I think the fans were started coming back because they knew we were open. They were treated well. Uh, the facility is pristine, and obviously, as you know, we're blessed to be in a beautiful Downs area with the, the hills in the background and the Ohio River, and uh, it was just fantastic. And of course, we did have things like Family Day and Wiener Dog Day and, and Ladies Day, and uh, but we had you know great people like uh, old friends out here for fundraisers. Um, and, and I think people walked away from here throughout the season with a good taste in their mouth. And so, the, the, uh, you know, there, there, is, there is a method. I think you can do it because I know that you and I have both been to the tracks where you get growled at by the guy selling you tickets, and you, it's not a pleasant experience. No, you're absolutely right, and I, I didn't know what you guys had done there, and that, that's terrific. But it goes to show you that it can be done. Now, you know, look it, – we're not going to go back to 1958 when, you know, we all see these pictures of these old, you know, black and white pictures and every inch of the apron is, is covered with this mass of humanity. It's never going to happen again. But, you know, at the same time, you know, a, a wonderful place like Belmont Park, which is as, as beautiful a racetrack as you can ever find you know it, it there's something very sad about a thursday afternoon there and there's you know 18 1900 people there and you know uh, that's what we have to try to fix and you know I, i'm sure a lot of people you know i, I got a few a lot of nice emails that so i wanted to said you know ah, you idiot you know type of thing ostrich races and i think those people miss the point you right know, that Look, I mean, I, ostrich races are a gimmick and everything, but, but if anybody's trying to make the day fun at the track, and, and no matter how they're doing it, I applaud them for that. And, you know, a, a lot more emphasis and effort needs to go into this thing. And, you know, there's, there's other things, too. You know, the, the, the tracks that are all successful on the on-track experience all have one thing in common, short meets. And... You know, Keeneland, Del Mar, and Saratoga are the big three when it comes to that. And, you know, nobody is going to be able to be successful with the on-track product if they're running 250 days of racing or something like that. You know, that, that just can't work. And, you know, again, it's easy for me to say because I know horsemen want to run and purse money and everything else like that. But, you know, the, the future of this sport, if we can ever get there, is to, you know, start to concentrate on these shorter boutique meets and, and, and to try to make the experience of going to the racetrack special. Things aren't special when they're there every day. You know, the, the most wildly, the most successful sport in America right now is the National Football League. And, you know, it's definitely surpassed baseball. And it's really become the national pastime. And mm-hmm. They have 16 regular season games a year. If they play 200 days a year, football wouldn't be anything like what it is now. It, it, it wouldn't, it, it closely, it wouldn't resemble the sport that we see from TV ratings, popularity, that standpoint, anywhere close to it. So, you know, the less is more approach does work. And, you know, unfortunately, the casino tracks don't care. You know, they're not interested in reviving the sport of horse racing. But the places that do care, you know, they really have to take a much harder, longer look at shorter meets. And we're seeing that happen, but I don't think we're seeing as much of it as, as we really need. 
Well, as much as as much as we uh, we face problems, Bill, your, your love of the sport still still comes through in your voice. And speaking of which, can you just uh, before you go, I'm up against a commercial. Can you uh, tell people where they can find uh, both the written word and find you on air? Yeah, well, I, I write for lots of people, but primarily now I write for ESPN.com. And if you go to the main website, um, you know, just like everything else with horse racing, it's not easy to find because, you know, we're underneath the uh, high school volleyball coverage. <laughs> um, but if you go under the more sports, you'll, you'll see a drop-down menu and you'll, you'll eventually get to horse racing. So that's the written one, um, along with Dave Johnson, who is the, uh, as everybody knows, is the voice of the Triple Crown on ABC television for many, many years. Um, we do a horse racing radio show on Sirius XM every Saturday morning from 10 to 1 Eastern, Sirius 93 XM 209. And on uh, days like Saturday where there's big races, uh, like there are going to be out at Belmont Park, more often than not, we are on in the afternoon as well doing live broadcasts of the races. We'll be on from 3 to 6 p.m. on those same stations this Saturday broadcasting the big card out at Belmont Park with the Jockey Club Gold Cup and all those other big races. Well, that's great. Well, I hope the listeners from Winning Pony dot com got that down if not all of our shows our podcast bill finley thank you so much for being a guest with me today my pleasure john anytime all right we'll be right back with one of the top handicappers in the country rich nielsen right after this break on winningponies.com Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Fantasy Sports is where the action really is. Over 40 million people play fantasy sports, but rarely do they get to quiz the experts. Fantasy Insights is the name and the game. Tune in every week as Dish Adams and his guests clue you in on the fantasy football game, what's happening on and off the field, and how it will affect your fantasy team. These experts aren't just beat writers assigned to fantasy football. They live and breathe the game. Tune in to Fantasy Insights with Dish Adams every Thursday afternoon at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Sports. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with WinningPonies.com, the home of the easy win form, the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry, let WinningPonies.com make some money for you. to the pros, we, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Englehart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Englehart. 
All right. Well, John Englehart has teamed up with one of the top cappers in the country, a true gentleman of the game. Uh, Rich Nielsen, he's a guy that's qualified nine times for the National Handicapping Championship. I think he has a frequent flyer card to, to, uh, to Vegas. Uh, he's the only player to finish in the top ten twice in the history of the National Handicapping Championship. Uh, he's a former executive with Churchill Downs, and uh, what I'm holding in my hands is uh, a, a book uh, called Keeneland Winning Trainer Patterns. He's, he's you know because he's got so much time on his hand in between uh, handicap, and actually this is how he got to be a good handicapper is by coming up with angles like you'll find here. But Keeneland Winning Trainer Patterns, I can tell you, uh, Keeneland for me is always one of the most uh, frustrating uh, meets, and this is going to be an, an amazing tool for anybody that that decides to to pick it up. And we will make sure that we tell you how, how to get this book before uh, Rich leaves. Also, Rich is going to help us handicap the top races across the country. Rich, how you doing? Doing? Good, John. Uh, thanks for having me on the show. I'm happy to. Um, I, I must say, th- your book, uh, at the, the Winter Training Patterns, extremely right. uh, detailed. Uh, a, a lot of uh, effort went into this. And, and, and as you say uh, in the foreword, that uh, being human, trainers are creatures of habit, and it often shows in preparing a horse for a race. And if you become familiar with the trainers and what they do to win is just as important as understanding all the information in the running lines. Yeah, well, I had uh, I met this guy, Art Parker, who's a handicapper and a uh, he's actually a newspaper editor as well. And, and uh, he had been keeping database on, on the uh, Keeneland trainers. And uh, he had been talking to me for a while about doing a, doing a book like this. And earlier this year, I started a small little publishing company um, at Focusing uh, on the ebook market, and um, I honestly wasn't really planning on doing any horse racing books right now. Um, but Art approached me again, and of course, with the Keeneland meet coming up, um, I thought it was a great, a great uh, item to do. And because I'm a big believer in the trainers and and uh, the impact that they have on the uh, outcome of the races. Um, I mean, these are the people that are with the horses all day long, and um, the good trainers. You know, they, they keep winning, um, and the bad trainers don't. And, uh, you know, this book really analyzes and shows you how the trainers that do win at Keeneland, how they do win. So uh, it, it's good information, and, and I'm glad to be with it. And I also want to uh, give you a little uh, thank you um, because uh, you donated, uh, contributed a couple of pictures uh, for the book, including the cover. So I was very appreciative of that, John. Well, thank you very much. I always like to get my work out there. It's not doing me much good sitting in a computer someplace. And I appreciate <laughs> you for, for calling me to, to ask for some help. Uh, it, and again, uh, we'll get on to the races in a minute, but um, Keelan is such a boutique niche meat. It's rare that some horses even get to run back in the meat. And one glaring stat that, that, that I got from your book was uh, of the 28 multiple winners who won a total of 68 races or 67% of all the races, uh, nine trainers won five races, that those nine trainers collected a total of 66 wins or 41% of all yeah. the races. And uh, you obviously will point who those guys are, are in this book. Yeah, I mean, we, you know, obviously we detail more than those nine, but yeah, there's nine horsemen. Um, some of them, of course, are familiar names, and they went four out of every ten races um, or more at the Keeneland uh, meet. So it's, 
you really need to know these guys inside and out because they do have familiar patterns and they have certain barns that they win for and certain riders that they use, certain patterns, uh, you know, drops in class and um, workouts is one of the big things in the book on, you know, what type of workouts these trainers use coming into their winning races. So it's, it's, uh, it's, it's really good information and, uh, anyone who loves numbers, um, will really, uh, appreciate some of the, the information there as well. Right. Extremely detailed. I'd recommend to anyone. And again, don't let me end the show without telling people how to get it. All right, let's get on. It's Super Saturday, both on the East and the West Coast. It was so hard to kick races out of here, uh, like the Joe Hurst Turf Classic, which in some way, shape, or form might be a replay of the Arlington Million, uh, since uh, you've got uh, Kate Blanco, the million winner in there, uh, taking on uh, uh, Dean's Kitten and, and Mission Approved. Uh, so we're, we're going to kind of pass on that one and, and, and move along. Um, and we're going to go to the Vosburg as the, the first race we're, we're going to handicap in here. Um, you've got big drama last year's champion sprinter. The Vosburg is at six furlongs. It's a grade one, $350,000. Uh, how do you see this race coming up, Rich? Well, big drama and um, trap shot is certainly going to be the ones that take all the money, and, and rightfully so. I mean, they've won, combined, they've won 17 out of 28 lifetime, and Trap shot is three for three at, at Belmont. Um, you know, they're hard to spot. I, I don't like the, uh, frequent breaks that Trap shot has, has had. And even though he's trained by a, a great horseman in Kieran McLaughlin and has run well fresh, it's, it's just hard to take a short price on a horse like that. And, and Big Drama hasn't proven that he's uh, got the same form that won him the Breeders' Cup sprint. So, and David Fox, who's a very good horseman, is ice cold at the Belmont meet. So, um, and the fact that both of them be short odds, I had I was trying to look for uh, you know a little bit of value, and I think the value is in Euro years uh, for Bob Baffert. Um, Bob Baffert is dynamite with the all weather to dirt uh, switch, as a lot of a lot of fans out there. have uh, seen, uh, with his, uh, California shippers to, to the, uh, to the east in recent years. And this horse has a lot of class. Um, you know, he crushed Smiling Tiger, who's one of the best sprinters on the West Coast. He, he did that twice this year. And I just think he can, uh, he can take a trip with under Castellano, um, and, you know, take and pull the mild upset, you know, around four to one or so. Very interesting angle. Again, big drama ha- has uh, never run at, at Belmont, and exactly. uh, you do you p- do point out that there are there are some gaps uh, with with trap shot, but he's undefeated at Belmont, so that that might give him a little edge. But yeah, Euro years uh, and Baffert hard to pass on. Uh, let's see. Uh, Speaking of passing, now we're going to pass on the Kelso handicap. It'll be a fun race to watch, though, uh, as uh, Uncle Mo, who looks like he might be the now horse after the King's Bishop, is going to try to take on his elders. We'll know a lot more about him. And again, of course, uh, Arve de Grasse in the uh, Belle Dame Invitational. Only four horses even showed up uh, to challenge her. So uh, hopefully we can... Uh, get our teeth into a, a race, a classic race uh, on its own right. The Jockey Club Gold Cup uh, going a mile and a quarter, $750,000. Obviously, this is going to draw together some outstanding horses. How do you see this race setting up, Rich? Well, I'll tell you, it's certainly a super Saturday, isn't it? I mean, even though there's some short fields, the quality is, uh, is off the charts uh, Saturday at Belmont. So it's, it's exciting for any fan and 
And, uh, you know, the Jockey Club Bowl Cup, um, unfortunately, I don't think that race came up very strong like it has in, uh, in prior years. Uh, it, to me, it really looks like a two-horse race between um, the favorites in here, um, the flat-out entry with Bergeron and um, Stay Thirsty. I think, this, I think this is Stay Thirsty's race to lose. I think he can, he can sit right off uh, the speed of Bergeron. Um, he's going to get first jump on flat out, John, and and he's just razor sharp. This horse is getting better and better. Um, his two races at Saratoga were were fantastic. Um, he's run three good races in a row, three three good uh, you know triple digit prestige figures, and he just figures to you know fit the perfect trip. And and given his form, um, I think this three year old is is. Uh, uh, this race is right for the taking for this three-year-old. Yeah, you know, uh, as a matter of fact, Bill Finley wrote a column on him uh, just today, and, and he really said this is kind of a watershed moment for him. Well, you know, we'll find out if Stay Thirsty is the real thing uh, by, by taking on the, the older horses. Uh, another good race uh, that it, uh, is going to come up this week is the, the Cotillion, a grade two, $750,000. Uh, it's going to pit the Plum Pretty against It's Tricky. That'll be a fun one to watch at Parks. But let's move out westward just a little bit. Another race that kind of has an interesting pace scenario, in my opinion, and that's the Indiana du- Derby at Hoosier Park. Um, well, I'm going I'm to start ruining my tournament uh, um, reputation here, John, because I like the favorite in here, um, and I assume that's going to be Shackleford. I, I just think he, he is clearly the lone speed in this field. Um, the cutback to mile sixteenth. I mean, I know he he gave up an easy lead in the Travers, but as we know, this this isn't the Travers. This is a mile quarter of Saratoga against the best three rolls in the country. Um, he, he's going to be loose on the lead, and I'm just, you know, I look in this, I look at this field, and you know, you have wind swept for Stephen Margolis, who's a, you know, an interesting long shot, who's, uh, you know, run a couple very nice races this summer, and it wouldn't be a surprise to see him close and get a piece. Um, Caleb's posse is, of course, going to take a lot of money, and um, there's, you know, there's nothing wrong with him, but he. He has run two big races in a row at Saratoga, um, sprinting. Um, this is a whole other ball game. And I just don't think – I think he's a, a regression candidate. And, um, you know, you just don't know. Is he better? Is he, you know, is he a miler? Is he, is he a better one-turn horse? I mean, I know he won the Ohio Derby, so he can definitely go the distance. Um, but I think he's, he's hurt by the pace uh, situation here. Um, because I don't think Wilburn is going to be able to put enough pressure on Shackleford. So, and I'm on 16th on the Hoosier Park uh, uh, Indy surface. I, I think it's uh, clearly his race to lose. So I'm going with Shackleford on Saturday. There's nothing wrong with picking a favorite. You just up the ante at the window. I'm talking with Rich Nielsen, one of the top handicappers in the country. We're going to take a brief break here on winningponies.com, and then we're going to be back to break down some of the top races on the West Coast. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. And there. What? Can't make it to the track? 
you can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form, the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry, let winningponies.com make some money for you. We some hard hitters, we some hard hitters. Hard Hitting Radio is a new kind of sports and entertainment show. Your hosts are NFL veterans Mark McMillan and co-host Byron Evans. It's an hour of hater-free radio every week. You'll hear interviews with top athletes, celebrities, coaches, and fans. It's humor, hits, and conversation. Hard Hitting Radio is on with McMillan and Evans. Listen Fridays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Network. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. And Rich Nielsen, uh, we broke down uh, not only the Indiana Derby, but some of the top races in New York. Now we're going to go out to Santa Anita, who also has a stellar card this weekend. We're going to start with the two-year-olds in the Norfolk Stakes. Uh, it's a half a dozen going to post, but they're not really strangers to each other. Uh, these horses uh, have met on uh, several occasions. Uh, probably the horse that will get the most action will be a horse trained by Bob Baffert, which is never surprising. A horse by the name of Drill, who was not the favorite in the Del Mar Futurity, and upset creative cause, who was the favorite. But I'll be honest with you, if you can get a chance to go watch the video of this race, you'll see that uh, there was a lot of bumping and thumping in the final 40 yards, and it, it could have cost creative cause the race. As Rich uh, pointed out, off air though, these these are horses that are all coming from synthetic to dirt. Should be very interesting. Yeah, it's 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 uh you know it's one of those races that uh you know you don't know what to do as a handicapper uh, because you really don't have anything in the way of dirt form to go on. I mean the you know the one horse who, who has no chance coming in from Fairfax and Maiden Claimers, he's got some dirt form, but uh, you know the rest it, it's all turf or all weather and. You know, so when you presented a race like this, you, you kind of have to say, okay, well, um, what's the quality? And just look for the, uh, uh, you know, who's proven themselves. And, and you know, it, it, it certainly looks like a, a two-horse race between the two likely favorites, Creative Cause and, and Drill. I, I really like the way Drill finished up in that last race, despite all the bumping. Um since Baffert added blinkers um, after his first start, this yes. horse has been just a new horse, and he's been working like a monster. Um, he's bred really well for the dirt, being a son of Lawyer Ron. So I, I like I like his pedigree better than Creative Cause um, because Giant Causeway is one of the best synthetic sires in the country. Um, so you don't know how the Mike Harrington runner is going to take to the dirt. I think Drill has a better chance of um, transferring his form to the main track at, 
at Santa Anita. So, so I am on uh, uh, a horse that will probably be the favorite, but I think he's the winner in this spot. Yeah, he's legit. He's going to be my pick, too. What impressed me, and again, if you go back and watch the video, you really got to watch and find that Martin Garcia actually lost his whip pretty early in, in the stretch. And so he just had to hand ride this horse out and uh, drill, dug down, and just, you know, he, he kind of almost, as a young horse, surprisingly knew where the finish line was. I was very impressed with that. Well, let's kind of move on. Again, we can't play every race out there. We're going to pass on the lady's secret again. You, you, you got blind luck out there, so uh, there wouldn't be a whole lot to talk about some of the other horses in there. Just my luck will get upset. But uh, we're, we're going to move on now to a race called the Goodwood. Uh, it's a grade one at a mile and an eighth. As we're seeing this time of year, we will, uh, we, uh, in New York, we'll see it on the West Coast, a three-year-old taking on its elders, but a three-year-old that looks like he's got a lot of t- talent. Coyle, I think you just got to put a line through his last race, uh, but it, does he, at this point in his career, have the talent uh, to beat the likes of Acclamation, who's going for his fifth straight graded stakes win? Yeah, I mean, Coyle's Haskell is very impressive. Um, you know, I think it's hard. I think you can forgive that Travers, but at the same time, um, this is a tough spot to rebound. Um, Acclamation is going to be uh, dictating the pace, and I think uh, a horse like Game on Dude is capable of just sitting right off of Acclamation, and he's getting he's getting a few pounds uh, from that rival, and uh, Game on Dude is two for two at that uh, at Santa Anita. Um, I've always liked this horse. I've been a big fan of this horse all year. Um, and I just think Game on Beat is, I, I think this horse is going to sit right off the pace and, uh, run down acclimation in the lane. Um, hopefully Coyle will bounce back with a good effort, but I don't see it being better than, uh, third. Well, I will say he's got the slight edge as far as a horse on course. Baffert has started game on dude twice at Santa Anita and came away a winner both times. Uh, Acclamation has three starts at Santa Anita and has had two thirds. It's going to be interesting as they both have uh, very you know similar running styles. They're going to be near each other for most of the race. It could make for an exciting final furlong. Again, this race being a mile and an eighth at Santa Anita. Uh, let's. Uh, Close out our handicapping card here as we go through our hymnals um, to the uh, classic distance of a mile and a quarter, uh, the yellow ribbon. So the girls going a mile and a quarter uh, should be interesting. A uh, horse that kind of got a little bit of my attention was Harmonious. I always I always like this horse. He's a daughter of Dinah Former, trained by by John Sheriff. But it looks like a repeat of, of the maybe. As even though she was favored in that race and put in a huge late kick, the winner Cozy Rosie and the runner-up Malibu Pier are in here. So this is going to be a tough race to separate them. I'm dying to find out who Rich Nielsen likes. I tell you, I'm not crazy about this race, John. I th- I agree with you. I think this is a tough race. Um, it's one of these races where you want to look for value on the tote board. Uh, you know, with, without knowing what the odds are and just looking at the, the form, I give a I give a slight edge to Dubai Heights, um, but I don't like the fact that she, you know, she could take a lot of money. Um, and you know, one of the separating factors is I, I've, I've always been pretty big on using the British pace ratings, and not and it not necessarily doesn't have to be a horse who's going to control the pace, but it's just a horse who has the best pace ratings in the race, and that. That belongs to the Simon Callahan uh, runners uh, with Joel Rosario. So I give her a slight edge. 
not crazy about the, sh- the breaks that she's had, and you know, I I won't be bidding her if, uh, if she's a short price. So um, I wish I had more to offer there. I definitely think Cozy Cozy Rosie is a legitimate legitimate horse, and and you can't fault her form. And and she also added Blankers last time and seemed to really take to them. So um, she's definitely a, a a logical horse in here. Well, uh, certainly Dubois Heights, uh, every nickel uh, that this uh, filly has made has been done on the turf course. Of course, the uh, yellow ribbon will be going uh, the mile and a quarter on the turf. Uh, well, Rich, i got I got about a, a minute or so uh, t- to wrap the show up here. So I, w- I want to go back again and, and review uh, what people are going to see when they uh, – purchase slash download uh, Keelan winning trainer patterns and and how they can get a hold of this information uh, well they can they can download it uh, it's an instant download because it's an ebook um, it's available on a site called a game to a game of skill.com which is a, a new site that they started this year to uh, basically educate people about horse racing and, and promote the sport um, and this is the first product uh, that I'm, I'm trying to sell on the on the site. That's not what the site is designed for. It's it's, it's designed to uh, to move this game forward that we love. Um, and it's also the the book is also available through the Amazon store, John. Um, it's available for the Kindle e-reader, and it's also available through a site called Smashwords, which creates all different ebook formats. Um, so if someone has like the Barnes and Noble Nook or um, any of the other e-readers that are out there, you can download um, the book in the proper format. So the, the really cool thing is that you can look up a trainer, you can have this information right at your fingertip on any mobile device. All right. So, well, that's fantastic. Rich, thanks so much for being a guest this evening. It's about time we close the show on winningponies.com. I thank everybody for listening. I want to thank our technical director, Aaron DeMoss. Uh, associate producer Vincent Seister and the chief producer Matt Widener from looking across the turf course to the Ohio River in the hills of Kentucky I'm John Engelhart thanks for listening to Winning Ponies thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart we know the information from today's show will help you at the next post keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.